Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the Language of Songs with John Van Eck. And in our previous episodes, we've had some great things. Had an interview with songwriter Amy Goddard. Uh, that was a two-parter. It's great to hear about the background to Amy's songs and the kind of things she's doing in songs and music, which is great. Uh, we're continuing to look at the language behind songs in this episode. A slight variation this time because I'm going to be playing part of an interview that uh, was conducted recently, and I was the one being interviewed by the business coach and mentor. Simone Vincenzi and Simone is fast building a very strong reputation for himself and his company which is called GTEx, Growing Together Exponentially and it's a company, an organisation, a group of people that will enable people who are in business to fast network and to develop their businesses uh, and to use things like public speaking and the social media and all kinds of platforms in order to do that. And uh, Simone is a Forbes contributor. He's achieved a great deal in a short space of time. And apart from being a Forbes contributor, which is quite a big deal, he's won prizes for public speaking and developing businesses with some fantastic success stories. And uh, he very kindly interviewed me for his podcast, the GTEx podcast. And not only did we discuss music, um, because music's very important to Simone. He does some very unusual things. He collects unusual instruments. He plays the didgeridoo and a hand drum. And he can often be seen giving an introduction to his business sessions by playing didgeridoo. And uh, not many Forbes contributors are doing stuff like that. But he is really, really fired up by music. And he's even very kindly allowed me to play a few songs in some of the business trainings I've attended, which has been a great honour and, and great fun as well. And in addition to that side of things, the business music, Simone and I discuss my own very, very active enthusiasm or passion, I should say, for mental health and social inclusion. And the two things, being a songwriter and being very passionate about mental health and social inclusion, are not really incompatible, as I hope I explained in the interview, um, because I've been trained as a life coach and specialising in people with mental health conditions and with this technique of mainstream social inclusion I've enabled many people to access the kind of goals and the hopes and the dreams and the activities that they want to do in mainstream life and the people who may have been excluded from those areas for a long time due to mental ill health. They could have had previous glittering careers uh, in the past but due to mental ill health they've been kept out of the loop and um, my job as a bridge builder or social inclusion coach is to work with them to identify the areas they wish to access and to link them up with those areas and being an I suppose a, an arty person and a musician and an arty person my expertise is in the arts and it's many of my success stories have been in enabling people to access music programs or to record their own music, to perform it, to sell it. And along with that, there's been things like films, writing music for films, launching CDs. These are all things that clients of mine have achieved by doing social inclusion life coaching. And we talk about that at some depth in the interview to follow. So I hope you enjoy that very much. There's lots of other stuff in the interview. It may give a bit of background 
to people who may want to suss out or find out a bit more about a bit more about John Vanek. Now, without further ado, let's hear from John Vanek. Let me do that too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert bees show. And I'm here today with the one and the only John Vanek. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, thanks, Simone. Fantastic. Are you surviving the heat wave? Yes, it's not too bad. We've got a slight breeze where we are, just enough to keep you going. Lucky you, lucky you. I've got a light breeze too, which is my fan just uh, next to me. That's <laughs> that's my light breeze. Otherwise, uh, here in central London is boiling hot. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's awesome because we can have, it feels like to me to being in Italy right now. That's what oh, it yeah. feels like. It feels like being back home. So it's absolutely amazing. But we're not talking about the weather like uh, good British people would do. <laughs> we are here to talk about something more important, which is uh, how you're using uh, coaching uh, in particular with people with mental health issues and how that can uh, um, can be used in social inclusion and, and so on. So I'm really excited about this interview because we never talked about that. Most of the time coaching is used for you know, the wealthy and successful. Yes. And uh, it's all about achieving success. Yeah. And you took coaching and uh, gave another spin. Yes, that's right. Um, well, I do coaching for mental health and social inclusion. And it's rooted in ideas, really, ideas whose time has come. And my work goes back to around about the mid-2000s, 2006. And the idea had come into the health system that um, people weren't just diagnosis, even if they'd been through mental health or mental hospital or whatever it was, they weren't simply diagnosis, they didn't simply need support and a limited lifestyle maybe on benefits. And the idea came that well, maybe they have hopes, maybe they have dreams, maybe they have goals, maybe they have aspirations like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And those ideas had come over a long time really, because you've got to go back to things like uh, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, who I think is very important in this social inclusion movement. So finally, 50 years on at least from those days, we get why not social inclusion coaching for um, mental people who have mental health conditions. And I was very lucky to be involved with an organization that championed that approach. Um, and they, that organization was also very lucky in getting a contract in London where I was based. So I was... Uh, brought on to that. I had been previously working in things like day centers to do with mental health and that kind of thing. But I was very, very excited to be brought on board as a, what they called a bridge builder. It wasn't called a coach, um, but it is essentially coaching. It uses all the coaching tools, the wheel of life, the action plan. And I was just meeting with people who were referred through the mental health system, through the psych psychiatric teams, and asking them, what would you like to do? <laughs> what, 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 what would you like to do? You know, we'd got a bit of background, a bit more than that to build up a picture. And it was identifying areas that they wanted to address, just like you do as a coach, and saying, well, maybe we can link you up with those areas. And they won't be in hospital, they won't be in a day center, it'll be wherever you want to do them. Um, and it was doubly exciting because I was 
allowed <laughs> allowed to be a specialist for the arts and music, which is my huge passion, as yep. you know. Um, so I was talking to people, asking them questions and helping them to identify areas they wanted to access in mainstream life. And I think what you're saying about uh, used to be coaching for, you know, the privileged, if you like. Um, and this, this idea is just mind can't it be for everybody. Everybody needs a coach. Um, that's all it is. So my clients have gone on to do things like working in a recording studio or coming up with their own albums or doing uh, creative writing courses, even getting books published, doing art exhibitions, selling artwork, starting their own businesses. Um, and this is going back, I mean, I did stop doing that because really the funding for that kind yeah. of organization, that mental health has very subject to changes. It's subject to two things. One is change and the other is cutting and slashing funds. So even though social inclusion coaching is very cost effective, and keeps people out of hospital to a great extent, uh, funds have been slashed even further. So I carried on with the idea freelance when I could no longer do it for an organization. And I became a fundraiser in order to raise funds for continuing projects, to, often to do with making films or to do with any kind of creative thing that was involved with people in the mental health system. And I had quite a lot of, well, I've got a great deal of, success as a fundraiser I discovered I was very good at it um, and now I come to the point now where the, that idea which has kind of been a bit subdued over the last few years is and I knew this would happen it's coming back up again and when I came to Ireland where I'm living now uh, I've discovered there was a life coaching course particularly for mental health and well-being and I thought well I ought to do that because there, there should be a professional diploma yeah. in in that field um, so I've done that. So I've now got my EMCC diploma, but it's not particularly teaching me anything because I've been doing it for years. But, but, <laughs> but it gives you, it gives the qualification. It gives that yeah. uh, that additional piece of paper that organization uh, or other institution like the NHS uh, um, yeah. th they can trust. I have a question for you because uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, art is your background, and uh, I know like you're an incredible musician. In fact got your cd here in front of oh, me gold town gold town guys gold town john vanek if you like blues you must get this cd is absolutely insane i mean john you you had uh, all our clients uh, clapping and cheering and having a great time when you were playing your your new tracks at our events and uh, so you had uh, this uh, your background like you had this passion for music yeah. and then you had this big passion for coaching and for helping people mm. so the question is uh, how did you, did you see the music and the art training fitting in with the people that are struggling with mental health issues at the moment well any number of studies have been done the arts is very healing uh, it's incredibly therapeutic the case doesn't have to be made. That case has been made. It's been scientifically yeah. tested hundreds of times. So I didn't have to make that case. But um, with the social inclusion coaching, it specified because it's funded, it's, you know, there's money, public money. They wanted ways to monitor and to measure it. The commissioners wanted to see results. Mm -hmm. And the results are based on the mainstream areas that people are able to access. And one of them that was chosen as a social they call it a social domain you know what areas are important to people's lives 
and they identified seven or eight areas and art is one of them faith and cultural communities is a very big area that people identify that was identified um that could be anything from going back to temple or church or doing tai chi is very broad area mm. the volunteering was identified as important education is identified as important and employment self-employment and family and friends all those so any of those areas that people accessed that didn't have to access them but any ones that they did could be measured by the commissioners so they knew there were results so they knew the money wasn't being wasted so if i got somebody to go to a studio and record their cd and six months later they had a cd launch and a big public event um, i could put down not only the mainstream venue that that person accessed i could put down the number of people who turned up for the launch mm-hmm. the number of people they interacted with and this is healing this is all healing yes. whether it's the arts its interaction with people its feedback its confidence um it could even be financial often is and that's what the commissioners wanted to measure um which is a whole different criteria from saying that person is managing their medication or managing yes. to you know all those things are great as well uh, so the arts are just part of what the commissioning bodies and the funding bodies believe to be valuable to people's lives And, 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 and how did you get into music where did that come from um my music thing isn't really is mainly through literature and language and words um because i've always been good at that my family is good at that not scientific really <laughs> <laughs> and so that kind of i love music i love poetry i love language i love novels and i loved the songwriters who could really handle language like um, Leonard Cohen people like that Bob Dylan Lou Reed um and through that wanting to write poetry i suppose originally discovering i wasn't very good at it and the guitar and the keyboard came to my rescue so don't worry don't worry we can we can put your poetry <laughs> you use this use this tool it'll work it'll work i promise um so that that's it and i didn't really write songs till quite late in my late 20s i've been so long studying literature and being crazy about literature So, um, and have you been mainly playing blues uh, or did you also had ad- adventure yourself in other kind of music? Um yeah, I've I've done um, done actually some sort of electronic type stuff uh for there's a friend of mine called Abby Oliveira, she's worth checking out, Abby Oliveira, who's a fantastic spoken word poet and um, almost, almost rap but not quite but she's amazing. And I put one of her poems to um, my own electronic kind of production. Um and I didn't even know my music was blues but now that you tell me <laughs> it's that yes I use, I use a slide slide guitar so Okay yeah. well it feels like uh, blues it yeah. it is it has uh, all the elements of a blues uh, rhythm and uh, I mean that's that's what I see you I see you as a blues uh, singer songwriter uh now um going to talk about some practical things because there might be some people that are listening right now and uh, they want to get into this field they are or they are working already with people with mental health issues or they want to work or maybe they want to do some volunteering uh, in, yeah. in that field because i'm sure that uh, is something that affects we all know someone has been affected by it yes. um i had many members of my family that uh, in particular in the late stages of their life have been upheld, uh, affected by mental health issues uh, if, if we 
consider depression as well as part of the mental health issue spectrum, then uh, I've been lightly affected by it. Fortunately, not uh, in a in a big way when I was uh, uh, when I was in my twenties. Well, I'm still in my twenties technically. I'm still twenty nine, but for 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 few for few months for few months I'm holding on to my twenty nine. But when I was around one twenty one twenty two, and uh, so for someone uh, who is uh, interested in the concept. Uh, what uh, would you consider as a starting point? Uh, maybe you can talk about some of the things that you talk in your book. Uh, you can do it too. Yes. Well, the book, I mean, I've got a lot of difficulties with the publisher. I've got to give them another call tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's right there. They've got everything they need to print it out and do it for me, the physical book. Um, and I'll be putting it online as well. But it's, a, it's like a handbook of social inclusion coaching exactly how you can use uh, the tools like Wheel of Life, Action Plan, uh, with case studies and downloadable forms for people to print out. It tells you exactly. Basically, anyone who's done life coaching will have used the same tools. It's just adapted more. For okay, so the question, the question is, uh, how do they differ? Because uh, the tool can be the tool, but yes. then uh, they're re relating to the individuals. is very different the way you would relate with... Uh, someone uh, who has mental health issues, someone who doesn't. So, or, or just, or maybe it's just my assumption in this moment. Yes. Um, what do you find the main difference between uh, working with someone that has mental health issues and one someone that doesn't and uh, in applying those tools? Well, it's almost exactly the same. All I'm doing is asking people to identify areas they want to see some change, maybe prioritizing three areas and they're contracting me as a coach to enable them to reach those areas within maybe a certain time scale in a practical way, in a smart way. So that's what you would do, any coach would do that with any client. The, the slight difference there might be with uh, people who've been through mental health or hospital or whatever it might be, is that you might be a little bit more prescriptive with the areas. Um, simply, well, you could ask them to say, well, do you want to identify your own areas? Just take the wheel of life and fill it in. Do you want to work on family? Do you want to work on employment? But if you've got a, more of a kind of map of it, where you've got the social domains, that's an advantage because people might need that just to give them an idea um, because they may not have been involved with mainstream life or they've lost touch with it for a long time. And you're just then identifying, well, if it's education, let's, let's have a box that already says that, um, or employment or the arts and spirituality. And then it's also a good way to leverage yourself with any kind of health commissioner, because you've got measurable areas that have been used, that have had public funding in the past and yes. about getting it again now. So that would be the only difference, slightly more prescriptive tools. The other difference is that in uh, with somebody who's been through the mental health system, you may well have to act as a mentor because if somebody says, well, I want to use the recording studio. So the next question as a coach would be, do you need any support to get to the studio? Um, if they don't, that's fine. But then you should be willing as a coach to be a mentor and maybe go on the first occasion or whatever it might need. Very often, people don't need more than just the one introduction to the area they want to access, and they'll just run with it. Um, so that's it. You might need to be a little bit more of a mentor than you would otherwise be with mm -hmm. um, normal life coaching, and maybe a tiny bit more prescriptive just to show the commissioners that the, what you're funding is valuable and it can be measured. But that's it. That's absolutely it. 
That's that's really interesting because I pro- uh, never work in that field in that area. So I remember I had uh, a client and uh, I took him as a pro bono client, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been coaching with him for oh I've been coaching him for about I think two to three years uh, and uh, I stopped recently and. Uh, uh, he, I think, uh, he had uh, um, some uh, some problem mental health issues, or, or he was in the in the autistic spectrum, and yeah. uh, I was uh, I was I wasn't used to to deal no. with uh, with people like him, and for me at the beginning it was very challenging, but it made me realize a lot of things about myself and about my communication because I found that my communication needed to be much much clearer. Yes. I I couldn't leave any assumption on the table and it, everything needed to be as you said prescriptive. Yes, yes. And I found that to be the major difference and the other difference is also to the appreciation that everyone like for something that can be very small for me could be mm-hmm. a huge thing That's for true. the other person and uh, it was a humbling experience. Yes, because uh, you know, I think sometimes first we don't realize how lucky we are. Oh yeah, and uh, how many things we take for granted. Yes, and I think that for me, that experience of working for so many years with that person uh, gave me much more gratitude on where I was, mm-hmm. but also on the other hand, uh, it made me realize that everyone is different. And uh, so t- also with any client I'm working with, not to make any assumption because for what can be a small step for me can be a big step for someone else and vice versa. It can yes. be something, it can be a small step for someone and can be a huge step for me. Mm-hmm. And it's about keeping us in check. Um, yeah. I would love to know as well, in um, talking about uh, uh, the use of music uh, and, uh, and art, uh, what is something that, uh, let's say someone starts uh, working with you and uh, you get a new person to work with, how would you introduce uh, or find the perfect, like if uh, they, what kind of art specifically yes. would be the best one for them? Well, it would be whatever they wanted. So people who want to uh, prioritize the arts, um, it would be very clear what art form they liked. I mean, I've had people who are accomplished painters. Um, so we've got things where we've worked with them to put their own paintings on for exhibition and for sale. And even we've taken on one guy as a tutor uh, because he's so good at uh, tutoring and showing people arts techniques and he understood the client group very well because he'd been part of it. So it, it's, I would love it to be all about my art or my music, but it's not, it's about the clients. Um, so it's very, if they're identifying and prioritizing the arts, it's very clear very soon that it's going to be either, it could be music, it could be creative art, writing, or it uh, could be painting. So it's all about them. And I would love it to be about me. I said, oh, I'll jump in, we'll do some work together, and I'll, oh, here's my guitar. Um, but it isn't about me. It's about bringing out what they want. Um, when I have played with my clients, I've you know, come down to the studio and banged away on the keyboard and it's been great, but it's not really what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to enable them to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the results are great. I've got a guy who does rap, um, he does freestyle. So you, just, you can play anything and he'll just come up with stuff. 
Um, I don't know how he does it. So it's, it's about yeah. gift. those gifts are there in people. And if they don't do music, then maybe they need somebody who helps them to access sports or something like that, which wouldn't be my expertise, but we can find somebody who does know more about it. If you, if you know someone who wants to play basketball, send him oh, yeah. away. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Send him away. Now, um, I have a, I'm curious to hear what do you found that's been your, your, your I, I don't want to say like, or most successful experience that you had with a client or, or more emotional experience. I would love to hear a story of uh, that stuck in your mind of some of the work that you've done with someone. I, yes, I was incredibly happy when one of our clients was taken on, um, they call it like a peer, a peer worker. So the recovery colleges, which the NHS runs, um, they want people who've been through the same mental health challenges as the people they're working with and they look for peer uh, peers yeah and they are, they've asked me for references for people and they're very being the nhs is terribly detailed and terribly serious and i know somebody's going to be great at it no problems at all but so i'd fill in all the form and tell them exactly what i think and um it's that's one thing that's very very gratifying and to see that person go on beyond that to go and be a tutor and now not even in England, has gone off to, to Malta. Wow. Uh, you know, and he ran a, we, we brought him in to run a, a group, you know, for people with mental health conditions. And we, we got the use of the local room in the library so he could teach painting and or just teaching art from scratch. And this is really gratifying. He got one client who came in who was actually still, still in hospital. He was in a secure unit. It's not, it's not like you're locked up, you're just, it, that's where he was. But he would cycle in every day about five, not every day, every week to join that workshop, you know. And there's so many kind of negative opinions about people with mental ill health. The, the things like, oh, they won't get up in the morning. Um, no, that won't, they, they won't turn up. <laughs> and it, you just have to challenge all of that and put, say, well, you know, this is how it works in the real world. You've got, the, we're not going to exclude you from, the opportunity to get up in the morning like everyone else has to, etc., and all of that is, um, it, it, yeah, it's incredibly gratifying to see it, and to see it as a kind of movement that's ongoing. It, it's been kind of subdued because trends have changed, and I now see it coming up again, um, and we're getting apparently millions and billions of pounds being. So I know that I'm riding the next wave. I'm, I can guarantee that, and I'm ready for it. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to the, for the book to be published. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, for it. Uh, now I have a question uh, around uh, your um, uh, around as well your experience that you had uh, with uh, uh, with working with um, with the government yes. and uh, also with public funds. Uh, what do you what do you think can be done better? Like if you had, uh, if you can use this opportunity as an appeal to yes. the the system, which is providing funding for this kind of training, what do you, what what would you, would your appeal be? Well, simply to understand that mainstream social inclusion coaching has already been tried and tested successfully. It's been subjected to um, what do they call that thing? You know, when universities research on it and evidence-based research um it's got qualified people doing it. it 
they just need to do their homework and see how valuable this has been for people and how it can keep people out of hospital and how it's very complementary to the other approaches like therapies and counselling. It stands alongside them as a major tool as well as therapies and counselling. Think of it Think of it in terms of like, the, just as the terms of the money being saved, if you want to see it just like that, um, and then the fulfilment in individuals' lives. Uh, any funding body that wants to check that out, please do. And then from the coach's point of view, you will have to knock on doors. It's not as if you're taking this to the Ritz Hotel and J.K. Rowling says, oh, I want to get some coaching. You can do that. You can do that, and and those techniques will work great. Um, But you will need to knock on doors and bring it in front of people. I'm doing that at the moment. Plenty of doors don't really open. They don't really understand it or they're not interested. Other doors, fantastic. This is great. I know this could work for our clients. So keep the hard work up. Believe in it. Show them how it works. And when they start approaching their own funding bodies, then maybe the government and local authorities will take notice as well. So it's a two-way thing. And and if someone wants to connect with you, because uh, I think uh, uh, right now is better you know it's part of the ethos of gtex but together we can achieve more than by ourselves so if everyone uh, who is listening right now to this interview is saying yes i want to ride this wave with john then uh, what uh, where they can uh, contact you where they can reach out to you john well there's the facebook page vanek life coach vanek life coach and of course in my email shall i give my email over absolutely anything um, you want any contact yeah, uh, vaneklifecoach at gmail.com and vanek is spelled V-A-N-E-K. Brilliant. We'll put all the all the link uh, here in uh, in the show notes. And John, I know you also have, uh, you have a podcast that you started recently. Tell, tell us a bit more about your podcast before we wrap up. Well, I was, rap- I was um, racking my brains to think of a podcast because I know podcasts are important and I like talking and stuff. And, um, and I thought... Well, I thought of loads of things, really serious things about coaching and all this. And I thought, well, what's me? What's truly me? And I really care about the language of songs. You know, now, if anybody's interested, that's great. If they're not, well, that's okay too. But, <laughs> but that's what I had to do. I love talking about songs, the language behind songs, interviewing other songwriters, um, maybe playing some of my own stuff, just little snippets of it. And that's authentic. Whether it's a great big world-changing thing, I, don't, I have no idea. But it's an authentic thing that people are engaging with that now and um, it's great to see that and that's that's uh, the facebook group the language of songs so and people can also go on uh, on anchor and find uh, also on anchor on itunes uh, the different um, the podcast which is the the language of song uh, guys make sure that you subscribe to that podcast that i really highly recommend it particularly if you are in this particular niche and you like to understand the language behind songs, then uh, make sure that you follow John. Uh, one more question before we wrap up, John. Uh, you are one of our Lifetime members, uh, and uh, we're doing this interview to showcase our Lifetime members because they're doing incredible work here in the UK, all over the world, and we want to make sure that they, people get the exposure that they deserve for the incredible work that they do. So when you made the decision to become a Lifetime member, what... What made you make the decision to join GTEx? Well, I've attended the three-day training and I did the calls with you and other people as well. And um, my problem has always been with the internet. 
that um, you get webinars, you get trainings, quite expensive ones very often. But you can't, I can't engage with this just online or webinars. And I knew that GTEx was doing so much public speaking anyway, because you do a lot yourself. Um, and it's about public speaking. It's about meeting people. It's, it exists in the world and you will meet people. You'll have a family and have a community. So that sold me, you know, that, that interested me highly. And from then on, it was like, well, lifetime membership. I'm going to be able to go to all this stuff, you know. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a no-brainer. So those two things, being able to engage with real people <laughs> and, and have a lifetime membership, not yet another expensive program added to another. <laughs> to another expensive program and another expensive program and so on. Right. Th- thank, thanks for sharing, John. I really appreciate it. And uh, guys, that you're listening, if you scroll down here in the show notes, there is a link where you can apply for a call and you will talk with one of our business coaches to see if the lifetime membership is for you and you are right fit for the lifetime membership so then you can join this incredible community and we send support you in exploding your expert business john one final uh, thought and one final word for everyone who is uh, listening right now well i wanted to just that little quote that i mentioned which I put in the book, Revolution is the Turning of a Wheel, Pure and Simple. And because I say the book title is Let Me Do That Too, How, how Mainstream Technique, coach, Coaching Techniques of Revolutionized Mental Health. But my idea of a revolution isn't some wow you know, thing that kind of transforms you overnight. It is about this turning of a wheel, bit by bit things change, and bit by bit they change completely. And that's what revolution is to me. And uh, let's make a revolution. Let's make a revolution together, one step at a time. So, guys, if you're listening, make sure that you join uh, uh, John Vanek uh, in uh, in his cause because uh, definitely is something that uh, in the public sector, in the public, in the mental health sector, even in the private sector, is going to change because Mm -hmm. uh, things are working, but can work better (laughs) and right now we know what to do different and we know what can be done to in particular help in a deeper way people just instead of just giving them a pill and that's it Mm -hmm. and this is uh, what uh, john is about and also we're going to put the link in the show notes when the book is going to be ready which is going to be launched soon so which is called let me do that too connect with john there is the email address which is vaneklifecoach at gmail.com contact john so even if you want as well a pdf version of the book and you want to start reading it because uh, i highly 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 recommended it john thank you very much for this interview it's been a pleasure spending these 30 minutes together thank you very much simone are you welcome And uh, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. You hitched up your pony Right outside the bar Just a spit and sawdust place But you come this far Took a drive down the Kenny Road Off the beaten track You cut yourself loose 
Cut yourself some slack In your gold town In your gold town Mama In your gold town In your gold town Your daughter's in college Your son has long left school You're an empty nest now But everything is cool Got yourself a bookstore You got yourself a bar Got yourself half a brain Pick up your guitar In your gold town In your gold town Mama In your gold town In your gold town Oh, people telling you Keep your feet on the ground This time you know You're gonna stick around, stick around In your gold town In your gold town Mama In your gold town In your gold town You don't have to do too much There's nothing much to do Just ride with your energy Don't need a point of view Far away from the fumes Far away from the city lights Here on the wild Atlantic way See the stars at night In your gold town in your gold town, mama In your gold town In your gold town Gold town In your gold town, mama In your gold town In your gold town